Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. From Food Network, this is Cooked and Booked, the podcast where food and true crime get blitzed, blended, and baked into one deliciously dangerous dish. Can you imagine a judge, like, having to do court over a burger? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't want to talk about the weather while somebody's, like, throwing a shrimp in my mouth. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I love it. I feel like the pettiness of it all, like, the food must be amazing. Ooh. I'm Sunny Anderson, Food Network host and true crime aficionado. And I've brought you true stories of scams, heists, and criminal capers with a tasty twist. For our final episode this season, we're serving an extra helping of stories about foodie family feuds. First, a teppanyaki tussle when a famous owner changes his will. It's a Benihana brouhaha. Then, we'll two-step on over to Texas for a brotherly barbecue brawl. And content alert, in this episode, families get heated, but there's no discussion of physical assault or violence. Now, let's chew on this. Joining me again is actress and comedian Lacey Mosley. She's also creator of the podcast Scam Goddess. Welcome back, Lacey. I am so happy to be here. Look at me scamming my way into two episodes. Yes. <laughs> I got <laughs> girl. <laughs> you are the ultimate scam goddess. You have been invited back. We had so much fun the last time. Um, all right. So here's my first question to you as we get into this. Have you ever dined at Benihana? Absolutely. I love Benihana. I love when they do the, like, volcano with the uh, onions and stuff. And it's just something about somebody, like, dancing with your food before you eat it that's just so intriguing to me. I like, I like when they dance, they flip the knives and, like, give me a show with my meal. 
I love it. That's what I'm talking about. It's fun, right? You're you're getting a show. You're getting good food. It's being made right in front of you, so you know it's fresh. You're seeing how it's prepared. Right. Your face is hot from the fire. <laughs> Just fire all exactly. in your face. You know exactly. what I mean? All right, so let me give you some history of Benihana. It was founded by a guy named Rocky Aoki. Yes, he is the father of DJ Steve Aoki and actress model Devin Aoki. You might remember her from Sin City and the Fast and Furious series of movies. Um, and Rocky Aoki also had five other kids. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, okay? So that, that's tons of kids that he's had. I feel like that's shade. We got Steve Aoki, we've got the model Devin Aoki, and uh, five other yeah. kids. The reason why I tell you about the two kind of celebrities that we've seen is later on in the story, they resurface, specifically. Wow. But I don't want to get ahead of myself, okay? I'm going to tell you up front, this is going to be an abridged version of the story of Rocky Aoki's messy legacy. It's like a hibachi-themed version of Succession and then some. I'm just going to shout out Fortune Magazine. They had an in-depth article about this from 2015. If you can find it, take a look. And it gets into all the gritty details, so check it out if you want more. But this is the abridged version. Like, now I just see, like, all the kids, like, the two famous ones and then the other five just, like, sitting around a teppanaki grill, like, like fighting for the company. <laughs> like, I love that. A fight that. did ensue, and it wasn't just the kids. So we're going to definitely dig into that a little deeper. Um, so let's go back to Rocky Aoki's youth for a second, all right? The guy that created Benihana. He's born in Tokyo in 1938 and seemed to, like, really, from the start, be quite the outgoing guy. Uh, he was in a rock band growing up. He was a really good wrestler. He ends up going to college in the U.S. Uh, where he gets offered a bunch of wrestling scholarships and actually won some national titles in the early 60s. So, you know, this guy is not a game. He's actually in the game. Strong. Legit. Yeah, super legit. Then in New York, he worked as a Mr. Softy ice cream truck driver, which if you don't know the story of the Mr. Softy ice cream company and how they had turf wars, uh, you definitely should listen to that cooked and booked episode. It's titled NYC's Ice Cream Truck Turf War. Um, now, some profiles of Rocky Aoki say that those ice cream truck earnings were exactly how he got the initial $10,000 he needed to open his first Benihana restaurant in 1964 in Midtown Manhattan. To kind of quantify that these days, that's about $100,000. Ooh, inflation. Mm, but yeah, mm, isn't mm. it crazy? <laughs> I can't get a tent for $10,000. Money is, everything's I really expensive. just uh, recently saw a meme that said $100 is the adult $1 bill now. Girl. Right? Like, it's, a, it's like, <sighs> what can it do for you? All right, so, you know, the thing about Benihana is, is that they think that the whole shtick is kind of hokey. Uh, but at the time, it was very groundbreaking back in the 60s. It, like you said, it was dinner and a show, grills at the table. This is, like, so different. It was also one of the first attempts to bring Japanese food to the American masses, which was major back in the 60s. Um, and it's a big success. Because it was so good. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about Benihana is, like, if you come and your group isn't large enough to have the whole table, then you just have to sit next to strangers. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love sitting next to strangers and talking to strangers. I don't like I, small I, talk. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. the weather while somebody's, like, throwing a shrimp in my mouth. I don't want to do that. <laughs> So you're the one that likes the shrimp thrown? Because I don't do that. Just I'll make that tower in my mouth. Throw it. I want, <laughs> I I want the whole show. Do some flip. Do a flip. <laughs> I think 
if you have not gone to a Benihana or a Teppanyaki grill, just please just do it. Like I was saying, people think it's like a hokey shtick, but it's really a good time. It's fun. You're getting a show. You're getting fed. Um, and actually, it became a big success. So by 1972, less than a decade after he first opened his shop in Midtown Manhattan, he had 20 restaurants. So he expanded really fast. And uh, he actually started then leaning into extracurricular things. He started becoming a daredevil, a show-off. Um, and uh, he started doing things that the media kind of liked him for. So he, you know, started doing more of it when he started getting press. So stuff like racing cars and speedboats. And he somehow pilots a hot air balloon across the Pacific Ocean, like, for real. It's like, as soon as you get millions, you're like, let's go to Mars. Like, why do you need to go to Mars? Stay stay on the ground. I mean, I just think that at a certain point, people start making so much money, they don't know what to do with it. They want to get out of the, the, the world. They want to get up there. Uh, but meanwhile, all this is happening. He was able to have six kids by two wives and a seventh kid by a, 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 a non-marital relationship, we'll say. Okay. So he was busy. Extracurricular kid. Yeah. So uh, the third wife comes along. Her name is Keiko Ono Aoki. They married later in 2002 and didn't have any kids together, but she's kept herself involved in the family. All right. Well, we'll circle back to her in a minute. Mm. But first, we get to crime time. Okay. In 1999, Rocky pleaded guilty to insider trading. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are you happy? Are you happy? <laughs> this is crazy. Scam goddess. Bottom line is, friends don't let friends trade stocks based on confidential insider information. That's just not what friends do. I feel okay, like that's what friends are for. <laughs> Seriously, so much of the legal trouble that befalls the Aoki family starts when Rocky decides to act on a hot tip he got about a company called Spectrum Information Technologies. Um, so uh, Rocky avoids prison, but he gets put on probation and ordered to pay a $500,000 fine. But there's another consequence, too, because he's now got a record. If you have a record, you're going to lose your liquor license. So what happened is he basically had to resign from his own company so that his company could continue to move forward. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes absolute sense because I'm not going to Benihana sober. I, I want to see people yeah. dancing with my food and I want to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not a BYOB or a cork vibe. I don't want to bring my liquor or anything like that. Like you said, I want all in. I want to come in. I pay. You entertain me. You feed me. I go home, right? Exactly. So it, it would hurt the business. It would hurt the business, but he resigns from being the top, but he's still allowed to stay on as a paid consultant. So, you know, that to me is just semantics. But on paper, mm -hmm. he stepped down from all of his other positions. And at the same time, he puts all his financial interests from the company in a trust, basically to protect his fortune. I mean, that's high-level rich stuff. Yeah. All right, so when Rocky Aoki steps down, the plan for his trust was to be managed by three of his kids and a personal lawyer. Mm. Spoiler alert, Lacey, things did not go according to plan. Of course not. So remember the third wife, Keiko? Yeah. After she and Rocky got married in 2002, two of his kids from a previous marriage, Kana and Kevin, sat them down and were like, okay, we need to get some things in writing. And these kids, who are adults by now, want Keiko to sign a post-nuptial agreement. And Keiko's not going for that. 
listen, you you got to get the pre. You got to get the pre. Yeah. Because the yeah. post, like, we're already married, boo-boo. Like, that means I, I own these benihanas. I, I own all these shrimps that we <laughs> that we throwing at people. Like, I'm I'm a part of this now. I'm not doing a post-nup. Uh, then we get into a bunch of legal, like, back and forth with the family. But essentially, Rocky amends his will four different times. But each time he does it, he gives more power to Keiko, the new wife. Okay, Keiko is a baddie. And it gets really ugly. Rocky ends up suing and disinheriting some of his kids, basically cutting them out all together. That's terrible. But, I mean, this just goes to show families can have some issues. Mm -hmm. And and things get even dicier because uh, Rocky then uh, starts becoming ill. And he lived an intense life. So questions about inheritance aren't just hypothetical at this point. They want to narrow down what's going to happen if things happen to daddy. Uh, in 2007, Rocky gets diagnosed with liver cancer. Oh. He died just a year later in 2008 at 69. All right, so the battle wages on. Mm-hmm. And by the time Rocky died, Keiko is pretty much totally in control of the empire. Yeah. All right? She was inching her way in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, four changes of the will, and each time she got more power— um, and all those changes made to his will and some lawsuits along the way, the kids basically were just out of the picture, and now she's the sole trustee. Also, she now owns a big chunk of the company. Another part of it is owned by, like, a private investment group at mm-hmm. this point, point. Um, and that's a different story for a different day. Uh, but to keep it straight and narrow, let's go down this road here. Uh, Keiko has her own ideas now for Benihana, and she 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 wants to put them into use, shall we say. Uh, you ready for this? Keiko is Keiko is she's doing playing things. chess, okay? Not checkers. All right, so let me tell you what her plans were after uh, Rocky sadly passed away. Mm-hmm. Her plans for Benihana started with her envisioning female hip-hop dancers in chef uniforms at Benihana called Benny Girls. <laughs> I Honestly, like this is a job that I would do. I would be pop locking and dropping it and twerking next right right next to your uh volcano, right next to your shrimp, right next to your meat. It's just me like twerking like next to your meat. <laughs> I can see where she was going with this. She also wanted to add a burger to the menu at this very popular Benihana in Hawaii. Um you know, the burger, though, it, be, it becomes a problem because the, the side of the company that's the private investment group uh, thought that a Benny Burger, as it was called, went against the brand. And a judge actually agreed, but Keiko kept selling the burger anyway. I just don't understand how you do, like, there's nothing exciting about cooking a burger. Are they cooking the burger on the grill, the Benny Burger? Now it's like Burger King. I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know. I, I do like the the dancers. I mean, I, maybe at some locations I could see it, like if they had one in Vegas or, you know, um, those party cities that people no, go to. No, I want to be in know. Iowa, pop-locking and dropping it right next to your steak. Just like <laughs> dancing so hard. Listen, obviously I've never been elected to run a restaurant group, so my opinions don't matter here. Same. But just so you know, even after the judge told her to stop doing the burger, she kept on doing the burger. They went back and forth until a judge actually stopped her again. Uh, So now, meanwhile, Rocky's two youngest kids, Steve and Devin, are continuing to fight for what they view as their rightful inheritance. These are the two kids Rocky did not disinherit. 
He likes them. He kept them in the will, but obviously by the time he passed away with all of those changes to the will and his wife Keiko having the lion's share of the ownership and all of that, she's in charge. So there are multiple hearings and appeals, and in 2016, a judge sides with the two kids, and the ruling states that Steve and Devin are the two rightful beneficiaries of the trust, which at that time was reported to be worth around $35 million. Oh, $35 million of them things? Yeah, I would have been in court too. Now, however, because of the way things were set up, Steve and Devin don't get to access that until they reach 45 years old. Okay, that's not fun. Okay. Well, I mean... I've heard people do this. It's kind of like they want you to be mature. They want you to be mature. But, like, in the world we live in, 45 is too late. Like, wow. I This is not ageist. I am not shaming. I'm just saying I want more of my life to spend the money with. So, like, 30, I would be like, I'll wait for that. But 45, like, come on now. You just, what are you doing? Give me my money now, daddy. I'm mad. I'm pissed. It's also, a lot of waiting. It's also, a lot of waiting. I just have to say this. It's It popped in my head when you were talking about the court and the burger. Can you imagine a judge, like, having to do court over a burger? <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> That's your ruling I for can't. the day? No. Can you imagine the court not doing it once, but, like, continuously having to deal with it and say, do not make the burger? So here we are. It's 2016, and the judge, he says, Steve and Devin, you guys are the two rightful heirs, but you can't get into the trust until you're 45 years old. And at that point, that was still years away for both of them. In the meantime, Keiko is still the main trustee. Mm. So the kids are not done with the courts because, you know, Devin and Steve say they want Keiko removed from the trust altogether because basically she's wasting their fortune on legal fees and gimmicks like the mini burgers. She's running through the money. She's going to court about a burger every week. (laughs) Yeah, but they want to truly just completely untangle her from the trust, and it's going to take more time and more court hearings. Um, And once news breaks that they're going to court to attempt to get Keiko booted from the trust, the press picks it up in February of 2020. Think about that date. Ooh. So it's getting buried. (laughs) Yeah. So this happened at the beginning of the pandemic. If you remember, the court system was just trying to figure it out. So the hearing gets repeatedly pushed and rescheduled. Um, and there's been nothing in the press written about it since. Ain't that crazy? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in November of 2022, Steve Aoki turned 45. So he should have access to his Turn slice up. of the fortune. That's right a big now. birthday party. Yes, he should have the money, the coins. And we don't even know exactly what the money was as far as the, what was left in the trust after Keiko was doing her thing. But both he and Devin have big careers in their own rights. Right. And Devin is 41 right now, so she's got a few more years. And then if things don't go sideways, the trust is going to be theirs entirely, okay? Hopefully that'll uh, turn down the flames on this whole Crazy, messy drama. Turn down the flames. I see what you did there. You like that? You like that? (laughs) I tried. You know, when we're talking about Benihana, at least two of the siblings were able to get together and figure things out. Uh, But in the next story, not so much. It's where brothers engaged in a barbecue-fueled feud that made its way onto billboards. We'll chew on that next. Lacey, I believe you're actually from Texas, right? I am. I'm from Frisco, Texas. 
everything is bigger in Texas. Yes. The food is good. And that's actually what we're about to talk about next because this next family feud was highlighted in a Texas Monthly article, which is mm-hmm. like their big magazine. It lets you know you've made it or you've, your news has made it. Right. Um, <laughs> and this family actually made it in 2022, September of 2022, if you want to go back in time and take a look at the article from Texas Monthly. Um, it's got some good pitmaster pettiness, so I couldn't resist bringing it up before we go because I know you like some petty, so you ready for this, Lacey? Yes, I love petty. Okay. Yes, so we're looking at Lockhart, Texas for this one. This is a central Texas town. It's about 35 miles south of Austin. Now, did you know that Lockhart has actually the honor of being the barbecue capital of Texas? It's literally the Texas House of Representatives gave it that official designation in 1999. You know your food is good if people are like, we got to go to the courthouse like after they leave the restaurant. Right? <laughs> Uh, There are a bunch of barbecue joints in town, and there have actually been multiple feuds between some of these places over the years, but we're going to stick to this most recent one. Uh, It involves a place called Black's Barbecue, a spot that goes back some 90 years. Wow. All right. Now, there's another place in town that's only been open since 2022, and that one's called Terry Black's Barbecue. You want to go to Black's so you can go to Terry Black's. <laughs> exactly. And let me tell you, the plot is going to thicken, just like a pot with rue. Terry Black is a lifelong Lockhart guy. It was his grandfather who opened Black's Barbecue mm. all those years ago. Now, Terry Black is a certified public accountant and ends up working as the president of the corporation that owned the restaurant, Black's Barbecue. Terry's dad had been doing a lot of the work actually in the restaurant, but in the late 90s, his father started to have some health problems, so Terry starts spending more time taking over his father's duties. Makes sense. Yeah, right? I mean, you're helping out your dad. He's he's sick, so yeah. you got you to gotta pull up. Okay, so in 2008, Terry's brother, Kent, enters the scene. Wow. Now, Kent is a retired lawyer who decides he's going to get into the family business. So he becomes the restaurant manager, and Terry is still the president. He's like, ooh. (laughs) He popped out the bushes like Homer Simpson (laughs) meme. (laughs) Exactly. So this seems to go okay for a couple of years. And in 2010, Terry's son, Michael, starts working the pits at the restaurant. Michael is, he's ready to cook, okay? (laughs) Michael wants in on this family business. You got it so far? Terry's the president. His brother, Kent, is the restaurant manager. Terry's son, Michael, is the pit master, all right? Got it. Now, jump ahead again. 2013, Terry is sitting in a CPA office, which is literally across the street from the restaurant, and beep, beep, boop, pop, in comes a fax. I've never sent a fax in my life. The joys of being <laughs> young. I would be so trash in an office. Like, I would be terrible. Let me, I tell you about the fax, but I didn't even tell you what comes in on the fax. You I need to this? know, yes. It's from the Black's Barbecue Lawyer. And it basically says, Terry, you and your son Michael are out. <gasps> Hang up your aprons. Don't bother coming in today or ever. 
They got fired via fax. That's like a phone call fire these days. That's like a text firing. It's like a text you know? firing. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it feels yeah. so rude that I feel like if it was like a text firing, it wouldn't even be like proper language. It would be like the letter U, like you, and then the fire emoji, like in the ED, you fired. <laughs> like, um, so now Kent and his parents, who were still alive and owned the restaurant at the time, they confirmed to Terry and Michael that, yeah, there's been some changes. <clears throat> so, you know, obviously, if you get a, a fax from your family saying you're fired, you're like, what? Is this real? And, yes, Kent and the parents were like, yeah, this is real. So Kent claims that they've been trying to negotiate some restructuring with Terry for the past year and that this shouldn't have come as a surprise. Like, they should have seen this fax coming. And Terry obviously feels differently. Of right? course. You know? I'm across the street from the restaurant, and you're firing me via fax? Couldn't Just walk, walk over? over. <laughs> like, yeah. And we're family. I'm totally like, send me the facts so I don't have to see your face. Let me just go on about my business because that's exactly what Terry decided to do. He was like, you know what? Um, I know barbecue and I know how to run a restaurant. I'll just start my own. And thus is born Terry Black's Barbecue. That's such a petty name. <laughs> yeah. He gets his whole immediate family on board. Wife and three kids, including his son, Michael, who, remember, had experience in the pit. And then they open in Austin in 2014. And then another location in Dallas, right where you're from, in 2019. They're successful. So in 2022, Terry decides it's time to come home. Wow. Terry picks a plot of land on the north side of town so that anyone coming down from Austin is going to hit his place First. Petty! Petty! <laughs> I love this so much! So, however, before that, drivers pass two billboards for Black's Barbecue. And one of those has a message that was added in 2022. It says, only one original Black's Barbecue in Lockhart. Shade. I love it. So now both places, Blacks and Terry Blacks, have these marquees in front of their restaurants where you can put up letters to make the different messages. So you know, like a movie theater or any of these fast food places, Mm -hmm. they're about to just start telling you what they've got better than the other place, okay? Um, So Blacks Barbecue put up something similar to what was on their highway billboard about being the original barbecue place in town. Then Terry Blacks responded by putting up his message on their marquee, and it says, Pitmaster, where the title is earned, not because mama said so. Wow, so we're just fighting. (laughs) We're just fighting. (laughs) They're airing out family business on a billboard. Like, what is happening? Right? Like, right. And they they bringing mama into it. Why? I'm at a restaurant. Why why is this on the side? (laughs) Do you have burnt ends or nah? That's all I want to know. Like they they said we know. got a special on ribs today, and I hate my dad. Like <laughs> why is that on the side? Yeah, they were literally fighting publicly about things that should be private. So uh, obviously, this is directly aimed at Terry's brother Kent, and this is before Terry Black's place is even opened, right? Uh, so now a week. After that, the U.S. Department of Labor put out a very interesting press release. I bet you didn't see the Department of Labor coming into this story, did Mm -mm. you? Okay, you ready for this? I'm very ready. Turns out, Black's Barbecue, that's the original, had withheld more than $230,000 from employees by improperly splitting tips and giving a portion of them to managers, which is a big no-no. 
It happens all the time. I've worked in so yeah. many restaurants and so many mm-hmm. restaurants have stolen my tips. Like that yeah. that pooling situation and all of that. No, I don't play those games. This it, I want this on the sign. I want Terry Blacks to be like, Blacks doesn't pay their employees. <laughs> like that's just the sign before you go in the restaurant. Well, um, you have foreshadowed, honey, because oh. this is the war that this family fights, okay? Uh, side note. The law was able to make sure the Department of Labor got the money back, those wages back for the employees of Black's Barbecue. But Kent says this was all a misunderstanding Mm. and that he simply missed a rule change about tipping. And don't worry, everyone got paid back. Now, here's the part you're going to like, Lacey, uh, because this news does not go unnoticed by Terry. (laughs) Two days before his Lockhart location is set to open, he puts a new message on his marquee, and it says... Another 230,353 reasons why you should eat at Terry Black's Barbecue. Yes! <laughs> Pate! Pate! Ooh, I would just go for the signs at this point. I'm not even getting ribs. I'm just going to see what the signs say. <laughs> um, but so, just so you know, by the way, $230,353 was the exact amount of money his brother owed in back wages. I love it. Two for one drink specials and my brother can't do wage theft. Pitmaster pettiness <laughs> is basically what it is. I do love a highly specific burn. Um, and now, you know, Kent, obviously, on the other side of town was not amused, uh, but he also says he wants a truce. At least that's what he told Texas Monthly in that mm. article I told you about. So the public sniping seems to have calmed down for the moment. And today, both places appear to be going strong. I mean, competition is good for business, right? And they always say, you know, all press is good press, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. I love that he went to the magazine and was like, I just want a truce. Like, he's playing the victim like he didn't steal all that money from the employees and kick his family out of the business. He's like, I just want the violence to stop. It's like, you started it. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. It's pretty, pretty crazy. So today, both restaurants still in business, still doing well. If you go on Google Reviews... Black's Barbecue, the original in Lockhart, has 4.5 stars, and Terry Black's Barbecue has 4.8. Ooh. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of apples and oranges when you think about it, uh, because Terry's place is so much newer and has fewer reviews. Um, but it sounds like you can't go wrong taste-wise with either place. I mean, it's the barbecue from the same family. I love it. I feel like the pettiness of it all, like the food must be delicious. amazing. Ooh. Yeah, I like com- competition. I-, I think competitiveness actually does make things better. Imagine going and getting like mac and cheese and greens and burnt ends and cobbler and all the good things we love about barbecue at one at like, say, Terry Black's and then saying, hmm, now let's go to Black's. Like that's their business could be booming just from the beef alone. No pun intended. Right. Because people want to go see which one is better. Yeah. Normally people say like cooking with love makes the food so good. But I wonder if cooking with hate. Is even better. <laughs> cooking with resentment. Right. right? <laughs> cooking with pettiness, yeah. cooking with resentment, <laughs> cooking with beef. Yeah. I would put that in my menu just to play up the game. I would, you know, I would call things like, you know, better than my mom's mac and cheese. You know, oh, yeah. I would everything do has like that. to be beef. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't steal the greens, collard greens. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. Yeah. It would just be so many things. This was this was a fun chat today, Lacey. I'm so so glad that you're the perfect Texas woman to talk about a barbecue beef. 
I got to go to Lockhart now. I want to be petty. I want to see the signs. I want to go to both and pose in front and tell you which one is better. <laughs> I actually have made a point to myself, like, the next time I'm anywhere close to Austin, I'm going to drive down. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can meet up there, Lacey. Sonny, we should meet up there. I want to I hate Kent Margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want to go. You know you want salt on the rim. You know you want salt on the rim. Because we salty. Because we salty about him. (laughs) Lacey, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I had so much fun talking to you. Please, again, tell anyone where they can find you. Well, if you like scams, if you like pettiness and comedy, come on over to Scam Goddess because that's what we're doing. Um, And then you can follow me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey on all platforms. And that's it for this season of Cooked and Booked. Thank you so much for sticking with us through all the scams, swindles, sweet and salty characters. I've had so much fun sharing stories of food and true crime, and there are many more out there. So keep your eyes open and your taste buds turned up. I'm Sunny Anderson, and from Food Network, this is Cooked and Booked. Cooked and Booked is produced by Paradiso Media for Food Network. Warner Brothers Discovery executive producers are Meredith Carlin and Jillian Bonani. Host and consulting producer is me, Sunny Anderson. Written and produced by Caitlin Parker. Supervising producer is Molly O'Keefe. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Your producer and production lead is Yael Ebenor. Associate producer is Brendan Galbraith, who also researched and developed Cooked and Booked. Production coordinator is Maddie Weinberg. Executive producers are Emmy Norris, Lorenzo Benedetti, Louis Debussy, and Benoit Deneg. Score is by Chris Robbins. Sound design, mix, and master by Tarek Fuda. Production intern is Noel White. Production legal by Chad Russo at Rama Law. I was recorded at Keiko Studios with recording engineer Daryl Sellers. My guests joined us from the Invisible Studios and Good Studio. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love it if you'd take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let's finish this dish. In 2016, the New York Court of Appeals ruled that Steve and Devin Aoki were the rightful beneficiaries to the Benihana Protective Trust. 